Effective Living with Reverend Henry Hubert. May you be blessed as you listen. Now, the message. Teaching on an important subject that I title, Success is Your Birthright. And shall we go to the book of Joshua chapter 1 verse 8? Joshua 1 8, it said, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Amen. God's desire is that you should be successful, because your success glorifies his name. You are his child. How many believe you are a child of God? How many want your children to do well in school or to fail? How many want your children to be last? Let me see, so that we pray for you and do deliverance for you. How many want your children to be first? All right. How much more God? If you are his child, he wants you to be the head and not the tail. He wants you to be successful, doing well. Amen. Shall we pray? Father, speak to us through your word. Let us not go back home the same. In Jesus' name, amen. So God's greatest desire for you is that you should be successful. Success means discovering God's purpose for your life and fulfilling it. Discovering God's purpose for your life. So today my title is discovering God's purpose for your life. How to discover God's purpose. Because that is the beginning of the journey of success. I believe that today everyone must know how to discover God's purpose for his or her life. The first thing I want to say is that there's been many discoveries on earth since the world began. History is marked with discoveries, some of which are so significant they have changed the world. They have changed world history. There was a time America was not known to exist. Somebody discovered it. His name is Christopher Columbus. Things have been discovered. In the world of science, important factors like gravity was discovered by Isaac Newton. It changed the understanding and knowledge of scientists. It helps them to explain life's issues better. Great discoveries have happened throughout world history. But the greatest discovery, in my estimation, is the discovery of one's purpose. Because when you study the life of all great men, like one of them I just mentioned, Isaac Newton, in the 16th century, he he became a scientist. He became a professor of science in Cambridge University in London. Do you know Isaac Newton did theology? (laughs) He did theology in the university. He never did science. Today, we're hearing of him because he discovered something along the line. He was going to be ordained as a priest in the Anglican church. After doing degree in theology, what else should you do? You should preach. But then, we will find out along the line, in his private life, he realized an attraction to scientific materials. Isaac Newton self-developed himself to become a professor. And I think that was a better discovery than becoming a priest. So all the great men in the world that have made impact that we are still remembering up to now. I'm not talking about people who are popular. I'm talking about people who have died and gone 
or they are still alive, but their significance can never be forgotten. All of them discovered their purpose. Even for some who do not know Christ right now, they discovered their purpose. What changes the world and makes the world significant is the discovery of purpose. And the important thing that I want to remind you about again is that God has a purpose for your life. That you were not born by accident. You were not born by mistake. Parents may not have any plan for your life, but God has a plan for your life. God created you perfect, allowed you to step into this planet because there is a need for you. There is a need that requires that you exist. And the reason why God still protects you, even though many Enemies are trying to destroy you. The devil wish you were dead by now. A lot of things are happening to destroy your life. Hey, the reason why God invests so much to protect you, to give you good health, to open doors for you, to bless your life. The reason why God helps you to get married, gave you children, gave you a job. The reason why God gave you every good thing is because he wants you to know he has a purpose for your life. The reason why you are born again today is because he has a purpose for your life. When I was in school, I, I, I always wonder why. There were, very, there were good guys in school, secondary school, good guys. They never drink alcohol. They never chase girls. They never tell lies. They never do anything bad. Very good. Some of them, I still know them. They are not yet born again. <laughs> I'm talking about, I don't know about you, but I'm talking about some of my mates in school. They are not yet born again. Good guys. And yet, people like me, hallelujah, <laughs> I'm born again. And that is not... An accident, it must be because he has a plan and a purpose for my life. Otherwise, I would not have been born again. I would not have known Christ. I'm not born again by accident. You are not born again by accident. God brought you into a church like this because of his purpose for your life. Everything happening in life is because of his purpose for your life. And it is not only you that he has a purpose for. He has a purpose for every human being. And if you have this understanding, it affects how you deal with people. Every human being, God has a purpose for his life. There's no useless human being. So you can't treat people as if they are nothing. You know, this understanding that God has a purpose for every human being is what makes you to treat everybody the way you treat yourself. That you never see people and look down on them and despise them and write them off and underestimate them. But what makes you treat people with value you respect people, you respect human dignity is because God has a purpose for every human being. There is no human being without a purpose. I want us to read a scripture, Second Timothy chapter 1. I want you to see it in your Bible and I want you to mark certain things. So take your pen. I believe you have a pen and then write something down. Verse 8 says what? The sufferings of what? Of the gospel according to the power of God. Who has saved us? So who is he talking about? He has saved who? Us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works or our abilities or our qualification or human strength, but according to what? He owed his own purpose and grace, which was before the world began. Before planet Earth started, God had a purpose for your life. And this purpose, Bible says, is in Christ. This purpose you can find that purpose in Christ. Because when you find that purpose in Christ, you receive grace. He said, he saved us. So it's not enough to say, I'm born again. I speak in tongues. I am a child of God. I'm holy. That is not enough. The Bible said, he saved us, but that is not all. He also did what? 
He called us with what? King James said, Holy NLT. He said, special call. Special call. Your calling is special. One nine. Not according to our works. Not because of anything we have done. Not because of our achievements. If it's about being good, I'm the last person to be a preacher. Oh, believe me. If it's about goodness, I'm the last person to be saved. But here I am, I'm saved. Because before I decided to start sinning, he has already purpose concerning my life. So it's too late. My bad deeds couldn't change God's purpose. And your bad deeds, your past cannot change God's purpose. God's purpose already concluded before you were born. So it's not about, hey, I was an Amrabah. Hey, I was a prostitute. Hey, I was this. Fine. But before you decided to become a prostitute or an, a wicked man or a fetish priest, he already decided his purpose concerning your life. That is why you are saved. He saved us and called us with a special call. And this special call is not about qualification. It's not about achievement. It's not about my goodness. But it's according to us. His own purpose and grace. So the purpose of God always goes with grace. When God gives you a purpose... He also adds grace to it. Grace means divine enablement. Grace means ability to fulfill this purpose with no struggle. Grace means that God himself will be working through you, fulfilling the purpose and making it to pass. Grace means that you are not going to depend on your strengths. The grace of God is at work with no struggle. All that man needs to do is follow God, obey God, trust God, and do the right things. The grace flows. When there's no grace, there's struggle. That is why competition is dangerous. When you compete with people, you never know what grace they are operating by. When somebody buy a car, be careful. It's your time to buy before you buy. Otherwise, you're going to struggle. Because when grace is not there, you are challenging people, you are competing with people, you'll be stuck. But when you find your purpose, you enjoy grace. That is what makes you excited in life. Purpose makes you excited in life because you are not struggling. A research was conducted in America by psychologists in a particular university to find out in the 80s, this research was, research was conducted, to find out the most stressful period in the life of people in America throughout the week. And when they conducted the research, they found out that the most stressful period for people was Monday mornings between the hours of 6 to 8, 6 a.m. to 8. And they found out further that the reason why that period is the, was the most stressful time for people in America was because over 90% of the people between the hours of 6 in the morning to 8, they were going to workplaces that they hated. Most of them were going to work for money, but not because of purpose. And that is why we always hear this, thank God it's Friday, because on Friday, you, people are relieved that at least Saturday and Sunday, they won't go to a place that they hated. But when you find purpose, Friday won't be celebration for you. Every day you'll be happy. When you find your purpose, you won't desire for Friday to happen soon. And Mondays won't give you any stress because grace takes over your life. The greatest tragedy on earth is life that has not discovered its purpose. I think it's worse than anything in life. I think that if I had not known by now that God wanted me to be a pastor, I think I would have been a very frustrated person. I think by now, there is nothing else that could have given me the joy and the fulfillment I have in life than what I'm doing. And I know that it's not possible for any human being to be fulfilled and be happy. 
Money can never give fulfillment more than purpose. Life without a purpose is worse than life without money. Because money can never give you all the fulfillment. That is why the richest people are still struggling to get more money. The richest people are still fighting for money. Sometimes you, you see people and you wonder, why are they still stealing? Because they want fulfillment. They can't find it. They have a lot of the money. But they can't find it. They can't find the fulfillment. So they're still stealing to get more. They're still killing people to get more. They're still struggling to get more. Because if you don't find your purpose, you will never be fulfilled. So this is what I think should be man's priority. The priority of life should be purpose, not money. If you put money first in your life, you will not be a happy person. Money is good. We need it to do a lot. As good as it is, it's not everything. Purpose is more important than money. Purpose is more powerful than money. The more important thing is that purpose can bring you all the money you need. You find purpose, you will never lack money. Purpose is so very important. Proverbs chapter 19 verse 21. Let's read it on the screen. It says, many are the plans in a man's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. Many are the plans. People wake up in the morning running up and down pursuing plans, and why do you think they are doing that? Money, money, money. And it's not wrong, but the Bible says, all your plans for money will not achieve much without purpose. He said, it is the Lord's purpose that will stand. It is the Lord's purpose that prevails. King James said, it is the counsel of the Lord. The word counsel and purpose, they mean the same thing. The Lord's purpose will prevail. In other words, there is something about purpose. It can prevail. To prevail means to withstand obstacles, to withstand opposition. Purpose can can leap over every hurdle, every obstacle. Purpose can go any length that money cannot go. Purpose can go take you further than money can take you. Purpose can make you more than money can make you. Purpose can give you more in life than money can give you. And so... It is not wrong to have plans, but make sure your plans are in line with what? The purpose of God. Make sure your plans are in line with the purpose of God. Then you will be fulfilled. Then you will prosper. Then you will do well in life. Your priority in life should be what? Purpose. Everything you do in life must be around purpose. Everything you do in life should be about what? Purpose. The late Dr. Mars Monroe of Blessed Memory made one of the most outstanding statements that is relevant to this subject. He said, the cemetery is the richest place on earth because many people died, have been buried, who never discovered their purpose. So buried in the cemetery are world changers who couldn't change their own lives. Buried in the cemetery are great songs that we never heard, great books that we never read, great inventions that, we, that never came our way. Buried in the cemetery are great leaders that could not discover themselves. Great men of God who died as drug addicts. Buried in the cemetery are great people of all fields, science, entertainment, sports. They are dead and they never discovered themselves, discovered their purpose. And so the cemetery is so loaded with unfulfilled potential, undiscovered potential. That makes the cemetery a richer place than the diamond mines of South Africa than the gold mines of Ghana. And the danger today is that you can also decide to add to the wealth of the cemetery 
if you decide to pursue money only, but you refuse to pursue your purpose. And I have decided that by the day I'm leaving this planet at a good old age, I want to empty myself of everything God put in me before I came. I want to discover everything he, I was born to fulfill, and I want to fulfill it. I want to die empty. I want to make sure when they are putting me into that casket, they are putting an empty human body, not a human body full of undiscovered and unfulfilled potential. That is why Elisha's body, after many years that he died and was buried, the Bible said they, by mistake, put a corpse on his, his grave and the, the corpse came back to life because Elisha died with God's power still in him. Oh, go read your Bible. It's there. He died with the power still in him when Elijah gave everything he had to Elisha and went to heaven empty. Elisha decided to keep everything and died with it. And so, even though he was dead, the corpse was still carrying the power. I don't know what you want to die with, but I want to challenge you. That stop all this selfish, self-centered Christian life of money, 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 self, 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 get all I can, can all I get, and sit on the can. Get all you can, can all you get, and sit on the can. Me alone. Every day you come to church. God, bless me. I want to marry. I want to marry. I want to marry. Hey, life is more than marriage. What do you want to do after you are married? What do you want to do? The reason why many people, after they get married, they start creating problems for their spouses because they have no purpose. They have no purpose. And don't marry somebody without knowing his purpose. The cemetery is the richest place on earth. Don't add to the wealth of the cemetery. How many promise that you will do that? How many promise me that you will do that? No, I can't see your hand. I said, promise me that by the time you are dying, you will die empty. You won't add to the wealth of the cemetery. You will die empty. You will discover your purpose and you will fulfill it. Let me see by hand. You will fulfill your purpose. If it means fulfilling it naked, hungry, fulfilling it with all problems, you will still fulfill it. So what is purpose? What is purpose? Let me give you some few definitions of purpose. The Oxford Dictionary defines purpose as the reason for which something is created. The reason for which something is created. The Cambridge Dictionary defines purpose as the reason why something is done or why something exists. The reason why something exists. The Webster's Dictionary defines purpose as the aim or intention of something's existence. Dr. Mars Morrow, the late, defines purpose as the reason for creation. The reason why something is created. Because everyone who is manufacturing something has an intention in mind for which he created it. For instance, I'm going to show you something. Look at me, everybody. Look at this microphone. How many of you can see this microphone? How many of you believe that the one who, who manufactured this microphone, he has a purpose for which he manufactured it? Let me see. All right. And what is that purpose? To help people talk, isn't it? Can we use this microphone for any other purpose different from that? Can we? Yes, we can. We can use it to play a band. I can even use it to hit your head. Because this round side, when it hits your head, it can inflict a lot of pain. So I can decide to turn it into my own weapon for punishment. <laughs> but what is purpose? Purpose is the original intention of the manufacturer. And the important thing is, why did he create you? What was on his mind when he created you? That is purpose. 
What was on God's mind when he said, let's make Godson or let's make Frederick? What was on God's mind when he said, let's make Lucy? That is your purpose. So purpose is the reason why you were created by God. Dr. Mike Maddox says purpose is the problem God created you to solve or the, the need that he created you to meet, the work he created you to do. There is something that God created you to do. It may not be preaching like me, but there is something in there. There is a purpose for your life. There is a reason why he created you. I found out when I got born again, years after, that he created me to to pastor a church, to teach the word of God and preach the gospel to people. That's what I found out. You need to find out yours. So the big question that we want to answer today today is how do you discover God's purpose for your life? Let's read the book of John chapter 18 verse 37 on the screen. It says, Pilate said to him, are you a king then? Jesus answered, you say rightly that I am a king. For this cause I was born and for this cause I have come into the world that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth Hears my voice. Jesus said, for this cause I was born. The word cause there in the NIV, it means purpose. I was born for a reason. What made Jesus do what he did was because he knew and he understood that he was on earth for a purpose. That is why he allowed himself to be arrested. That is why he allowed himself to be beaten. That is why he allowed himself to be stoned. That's why he allowed himself to suffer all that he suffered because that was his purpose. It doesn't necessarily mean suffering is good. That when you allow yourself to be beaten is good. It doesn't necessarily mean that. <laughs> Unless you, are, you, are, you want to say that is your purpose too. But he knew what he was doing was his purpose. How do you discover God's purpose for your life? Number one, you ask God. Don't ask people. Don't ask any prophet. Don't run around prophetic houses looking for a prophet to tell you God's purpose for your life. Ask God. Jeremiah 33 verse 3 says that, call unto me and I will answer. And I will show you what? Great and mighty things that you do not know. So when you begin to talk to God, ask God, why did you create me? Why was I born? What is your purpose for my life? You need to do that. When you come to know Jesus, last Sunday I read a scripture in Acts chapter 9, verse 6. When Paul met Jesus on the road to Damascus, this is the first prayer he prayed when he met Jesus. He said, Lord, what do you want me to do? What do you have for me to do? What is your assignment concerning my life? People of God, this is the most important prayer to pray. When you become born again. More than when will I have money? When will I buy a car? When will I marry? Who will I marry? When will I get a job? The most important prayer to pray is this. What is your purpose for my life? It doesn't mean the other prayers are wrong, but find your purpose by talking to God about it. Paul talked to God about God. And when you pray, expect that God will answer you. 
You don't determine for God how you bring the answer. Don't always expect God to give you an answer in a vision or audible voice with a lot of whirlwind and a lot of storm. And then you hear a voice with thunder. No. Allow God to decide how to reveal his purpose for your life. Amen. Yeah, that is where many people miss it. But not seeing visions of angels coming and some spectacular things like people talk about, like Moses' heart, Moses' heart, burning bush face to face. Can you imagine a bush that is burning, talking? You know, most of the time when we read about the burning bush, we really don't imagine how that thing happened. It was a serious thing. A bush is talking to a human being. I mean, it's, it's a good place to run quick. <laughs> Hallelujah. Moses had that. But other people did not have that. Don't decide that this is how I want God to reveal his purpose to me. No. Let him decide how to do it. The only thing you need to do is be sensitive to God's voice and be sensitive to how the answer is going to come. Amen. Bill Gates became a billionaire. What did he do with his money? He didn't chase girls. Bill Gates still has one wife. He didn't chase girls. He didn't waste money. He's giving out his money to charity. Helping the poor and the needy around the world. So he has a right to become the richest man in the world. And by my estimation, it's going to be that for a while. <laughs> for a while. Amen. So, why do you want to be blessed? You need to know his purpose for life. So, I believe that anyone that will ask God, what is your purpose for my life? What do you want me to do? Why was I created? Why am I the way I am? Why was I born into this kind of family? Troublesome family, but God, why am I here? Stop complaining, God. So, of all the families in the world, this is the only place that you decide I should be born. God, you must be wicked. <laughs> God, can you imagine? Of all the villages in the world, only this village, with, which is not on the map of Ghana. If you are going, you have to get down from here and then walk a little and get some motorbike before you reach your hometown. The question is, why were you born? There. Number two way to discover God's purpose for your life is to identify your talents, your gifts, and your special abilities. Everyone has a gift. Everyone has talents. Everyone has special abilities. First Peter 4 verse 10 says that as each one has received a gift, Minister to one another as good stewards. Hello? So how many have gifts here? According to this Bible. Everybody, isn't it? He said, as each one, as everyone has a gift. Let him minister that gift as what? Stewards of God. So God gave you something that can connect you to your purpose. Amen. And how do you know this is my gift? Your gift is what you can do without struggle, without any struggle. Your gift is what gives you maximum results without any struggle. 
You just do it like you are playing, but things happen. That's why it's dangerous to try to copy somebody who is operating by gift. Like I'm teaching now, it looks so easy. Try it. <laughs> Try it. <laughs> By the time you talk for five minutes, you realize that, hey, what's wrong? Where did all my preparations, where did it go? Don't look at the same boat playing in the track and so winning the race. And so it's easy. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll go for Olympics and bring gold to Ghana. No, don't do that. <laughs> find your gift because your gift has grace operating for you. And when you find your gift, don't just use your gift. Develop it. The reason why many people have not done much, have not achieved much in life is because they think that just finding a gift is enough. I've seen many gifted people who didn't get anywhere in life. I've seen many gifted people, even in ministry. I've seen people called. When I started ministry, the people that I knew, this one must touch the world. Powerful people, gifted people, more than me. But they haven't reached anywhere. Because all they have is their gift. No development, no training, no skill, no excellence, no mentoring. But... Your gift should even determine what you learn in school. Your gift must determine what you learn in school. It was a very bad thing that the devil introduced into most secondary schools. They said the most brilliant students go to the science class. The demonic. Because some people don't have any business going to the science class. Because that is not your calling. But because social pressure, we want to impress people. You go to the science class. But here you are. When you got to the university, you didn't go to do science. <laughs> you don't go to school to get a gift. You go to school to develop your gift. So when you find your gift, it should even des- design for you what kind of courses to take in school. Amen. Amen. So develop your gift through training. Training is allowing somebody who knows better than you in that area of gifting to teach you. Teach you under supervision. Correct you when you are wrong. You will never get far when all you do is have a gift. Nobody teaches you anything, but you want to teach people. Hmm, That's pride. Proud people never learn. They only want to teach. But they 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 are not able to teach any people except mediocres. Hello? The second thing you do about your gift is that you want to find the placement for your gift. I'll come to talk about this another time. Placement. Your gift cannot be effective everywhere. Your gift is effective in certain environments. For instance, I am a pastor. God didn't tell me to start my own church. But also, God didn't tell me to go and just pastor in every church. I don't think I will be happy pastoring in Assemblies of God. It doesn't mean Assemblies of God is bad. Hello? That's not, that's not my environment. I'm happy where I am. That's placement. Finding where your gift can best function will lead you to your purpose. When you discover a gift, one thing that you should do is that ask God, why did you give me this gift? How can I deploy this gift effectively? How can I deploy this gift effectively? How can I use this gift 
in your will, in your perfect will. And he will guide you. He will guide you. He will show you what to do. Don't just say, oh, I have a gift and this is what I want to do. And then you now command God to come and support it. He doesn't do that. He supports what he has mandated that he has revealed to you and you are pursuing. Amen. So when you find a gift, ask God, this gift you have given to me, how do you want me to use it effectively? The next thing is you, can, you have to become skillful in your gifts. Uh, I'll talk about this somewhere else in the message. Now, the important thing I want to say today about gift is that we all can't do the same things. Fish can never fly. And birds can never swim. Fish is gifted to swim. Before the fish comes, enters the water, it already has the dynamics inbuilt. It can swim. Birds can fly. If you force a fish to fly, you will kill it. So don't force your children to do things that you like. Hey, I want you to be I want you to be doctor. There's no doctor in this family. I want you are going to be doctor in Jesus name. Now that is not good for that child. You are going to frustrate that child. So how do you locate your gifts? The efforts that give you greatest results without any struggle. There are things you do. It's little, but you get a lot of results. Sometimes you don't even notice that you are making results, but people talk about it. One area of your life, people are always commending something that you do. That is your gift. And God put that gift in you because of his purpose. He didn't put it there so that you can brag with it, boast with it, so that you can use it to despise people. He didn't put it there so that you can just become proud. God didn't put that gift there so that you take credit for it. And that is why many gifted people fail. Bible said, minister the gift as a steward. A steward is somebody who is being given custody over something. He is managing the thing. It's not for him. And many people, when they discover their gift, they take credit for it. And when they do that, God withdraws his grace. The third way to discover God's purpose for your life is identify what conditions cause you the greatest pain. What do I mean by pain? What is it that happens to people that you feel? What is it that when people are going through and you see it, you feel very uncomfortable? Because we all have a pain somewhere. There are things that really I don't care about, even though it's serious, but it just doesn't move me. I don't care about it. There are things that I care about. Can I tell you one of the things that troubles me a lot? Ignorance. When I see people, children of God that are ignorant, it makes me sad. It makes me want to do something about it. That's why I teach. But have you heard preachers say teaching is a waste of time? Have you heard it before? How many have heard it before? They said teaching, teaching, teaching. It will just be nothing. Have you heard it before? Uh-huh. Because that person that is saying it, his pain is not ignorance. So he thinks ignorance is not relevant. Yeah, I don't condemn such people. Everybody speaks from his place of pain. Everybody thrives from his area of pain. So the question I want to ask today is, whose pain do you feel the most? Is it orphans? Is it married people? 
Is it youth? Is it the hungry? Is it the needy? Or is it the well-to-do who need direction? The interesting thing about life is everybody has a need. Pain is something that you cannot see and walk away from it. Whatever you see that is so serious that you don't want to walk away from it, you want to do something about it, is is your purpose that is giving you signal. Let me give you a story. I think this thing has happened in many countries, but for instance, in India, there was a man called Mahatma Gandhi. One day he decided that the British, who were the colonialists, must leave their land. And they must leave now. And if they don't leave, he has to do something about it. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. But what was the rest of the people doing? Everybody was going about business as usual. Nobody feels the one day we get independence. Gandhi said, I'm tired of oppression, British oppression. I said, they must leave now. So he went to the um, seat of government and said, I want you to people tell the queen, I said, you people should leave our land. We can rule ourselves. So they arrested him and he said, I will not eat. And tell the queen that if I die of hunger, God will require my blood in her hands. <laughs> Hallelujah. It sounds like joke. Two weeks he didn't eat, three weeks he didn't eat, four weeks he didn't eat. The news spread around. People started, the mob started gathering. Said, these people must leave our land. <laughs> Do you know after six months, they left, gave them independence. It was difficult. He had to suffer for it. They beat him. He had to do a lot of things. But your pain is something that you are willing to die for. When Nelson Mandela was put in court or trial for, you know, spearheading rebellion against the apartheid government, in the courtroom, one thing he said is that I'm willing to die for this. But I believe that whites and blacks must have equal opportunities, equal education, equal rights in our country. 27 years he was in prison. Each year they go to him, will you change your mind? We'll release you free. So I'd rather die here. That is purpose. Purpose is something that gives you a burden. You want to do something about it. And everyone, every now and then people get it. When you see somebody that is pursuing a goal out of a burden and a purpose, it's different from somebody who is pursuing a goal because of money. Every now and then you see people who are preaching because of money. People who are in the ministry because of money. You can also see people who are in it because it's a call. It's a burden. Your pain. Whose pain do you feel? Moses was going to become the next pharaoh. The next pharaoh in Egypt. Then every now and then he had a problem. Anytime he goes out and he sees the Egyptians beating the Israelites... He feels something is wrong with this. Something is wrong with this. What gives you the greatest headache? What is it that you hate to see? Some people hate to see chaos. It's, it's purpose. Some people hate to see something, certain things going wrong. They just want to do something about it. What gives you the greatest pain? Moses was willing to suffer and die and walk away from the privilege of becoming than king, so that he can become the deliverer for the Israelites. He discovered his purpose by listening to his pain. The fourth way you can discover God's purpose for your life is identify your strong passions and interests. 
When we talk about passion, we are talking about intense desire. Your passion is what gives you the greatest joy when you do it. What gives you the greatest satisfaction? What are you most excited doing? What subjects, what topics, when people raise it, arouses your immediate instant interest? It's like you, are, you just have to drop everything you are doing and like, listen. You know, Sandra, when you flip, like me, when I flip through TV stations, there are things that when it's on the station, I can't just flip. Why? Because there's something in me that connects to that subject matter. So sometimes, you, you may not just have to follow your gift, but you also have to follow your passion. What are you most passionate about? Everybody is passionate about something. Some people are passionate about politics. They pursue all their strengths, all their energy. Somebody is passionate about business. You know, there are people like, when you, when you talk about business, something that goes off in his heart. That means that person is not a business person. That person must not do business. Amen. Some people are passionate about sick people. They need to be at the hospital. You, the last thing you want is a nurse who hates what she's doing there, treating you at the hospital. It's dangerous. She could kill you. Yeah. So there are nurses who have no interest in sick people. They hate the smell of medicine. They hate the sight of blood. But they are nurses. <laughs> Hallelujah. But every now and then you, you will meet people who are passionate about what they do. And they do it very well. They do it with joy. They do excitement. Your passion is what are you willing to do if you are not paid salary? What do you want to do the rest of your life even if you are not paid for it? One place, one way you can test people's commitment is take money away from them. Hello? How many of you will go to work tomorrow if government decides you will not pay salaries the whole of this year? How many will go? Let's be very, stop, let's stop religion. Let's be sincere. How many will go? Let me see. Nobody. You know why you will not go? Because that work you are doing is not your passion. If you were like me, you will go to work tomorrow. Because I'm not doing pastoral work because of salary. I've done it. I have done this work without salary more than I have done with salary. <laughs> that is why I get more than my salary now. I earn more. I get more money than what my salary pays me. I'm not talking about getting it from the church or taking church money. I'm talking about genuinely getting money. There are places I have preached last year. One hour, I got more money than my whole month's salary. But you know when I started, it was not like that. The first church I pastored for three years, I never once was paid. I didn't even know there was something called pastor's salary. I just thought the thing was just suffering. <laughs> 
It was difficult. There was hunger. There was pain. There was suffering. I was despised. I was rejected. I was neglected. But I never stopped. You know why? It's my passion. (laughs) And that church is still there now. And people out of that church are now pastors. One of them is Pastor Bernard. Passion. Why do you think God won't bless me now? <laughs> what are you passionate about? What are you willing to die for? <laughs> 2012, I was in the hospital and a doctor said, on Saturday, the doctor said, this is your CT scan. It's not looking good. Very, very bad. Don't preach for a month. And I came home. I said, I've not even arranged we should preach on Sunday. Hallelujah. <laughs> I love this. I love what I'm doing. You can't stop me from doing it. You can insult me. You can beat me. You can fight me. You can take all everything I have. You know, you know what will happen one day if I come to this, all of you say, Choboy, we are gone. Do you know what will happen? I will start again. <laughs> and you know when I start again, you know what will happen? People will come. Even if it's two people, I will teach them till they prosper. Passion. Everybody say passion. What is your passion? What are you passionate about? Find out. Don't tell me you don't, it's not there. It's there. You may not notice it, but it's there. There's something that excites you. There's something that triggers something in you. There's something that arouses your interest. That is a signal. Purpose that is throwing signals at you. Passion. My passion is to see people succeed in life. In everything that they do. I hate to see people fail. I hate to see people poor. I want to see people prosper. I want to see people successful. I want to see people excel in what they do. I hate substandard. I hate mediocre performance. I want to see people do the best in whatever they do. Amen. Amen. In whatever they do. That's my passion. I can't do anything. I wish I could do something about it. I can't do anything about it. So, your passion. Everybody say passion. The last one, wish I had time. The last one is consistent opportunities. Consistent opportunities. Everybody say opportunity. Everybody say open door. How many are following my teaching this morning? Or you gone home? This is one kind of teaching the devil doesn't like. Hey, this teaching is more important than for me to be saying you will go to America tomorrow. America to go and do what? Wash corpses and sweep the streets. You are, you are bigger than that. I said you are bigger than that. Yeah. If you ever go to America, you should be invited. Yes. Like, like I'm being invited. Yes. Amen. Like I'm being invited. Yeah, not that, you know, lobbying that they should let me come. No. I'm just here minding my business. Somebody's inviting me to come and preach in his church. That is what you should do in life. And to get there, this is where we are. Find your purpose. Turn to your neighbor and hit him on the lap and tell him, find your purpose. <laughs> Hallelujah. How many of you think it's important for you to find your purpose? Ah, amen. Amen. You've made my day. I'm very excited about this. Hallelujah. There are doors that keep opening in your life consistently. There are things that keep happening in your life repeatedly. Good things. If it's bad, it's the devil. If it's good, it couldn't be the devil. But I say, all good and perfect gift come from God. Hello? Good. So, when you see specific doors opening your life consistently, 
The first thing you should do is take your time and don't just take it for granted. Don't just, take, don't just say, oh, God is good to me. No, he, just, he doesn't do things anyhow. He does it for a purpose. I'll give you a scripture in the book of Esther, 4, 13 and 14. And Mordecai told them to answer Esther. Do not think in your heart that you will escape in the king's palace any more than all the other Jews. 14. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. Yet, yet, who knows? Who knows? Whether you have come into the kingdom or into the palace for such a time as this. Mordecai was telling Esther, who knows that the reason why you are a queen now is for this purpose. There are doors God opens for you is because he wants that door to fulfill a purpose. Amen. And there are certain doors that keep opening for you consistently. Every time you apply for a job, you get, you get jobs in specific area of expertise all the time. And the question is why? Why is God always pushing you to this area? You have to, you have to be able to pray and find out why it's happening. God gives you favor to meet certain people. It's not so that you take pictures and go and put it on Facebook. <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't let you meet these people because of a picture, brother. <laughs> Probably he's telling you something. He's telling you something. Hallelujah. So, five ways you can discover God's purpose for your life. The first one is ask God. The second one is identify your talents abilities. Joseph had talents, isn't it? Joseph, all he did was interpret dreams. Was that his purpose? No. It led him to his purpose. What was his purpose? What was Joseph's purpose? David had talent. Music, war. Praise the Lord. And he developed them. He developed these two. So when Goliath came, he said, it's my time. So identify your talents and skills. Don't use your talent as hobby. That is the key to your purpose. Your talent, your abilities, your, your, your gifts. The third way to discover God's purpose for your life is your pain. Identify what causes you the greatest pain. The fourth one is passion. Your passion is a clue to your purpose. It's a lead to your purpose. You cannot be passionate about something that is not your purpose. It's not possible. It's not possible. Your passion. And the fifth one, the last one is consistent opportunities that come your way. Let me say this as we close. All the greatest people on the earth that the earth has ever had, all the great people that have made a difference, people that are influential, people that have become very outstanding, they were not popular people. They were not always popular. But what made them great was the purpose that they discovered and fulfilled. I don't want us to become a church. One day we envy people. So we were all here when he came. Now he's become proud because he has money. No. What were you doing all this while? And the person came, he has money. What were you doing? Because God desires for every one of us, you, 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 you and me, every one of us to prosper. And this is how we can all prosper. Hope you've been blessed. 
by today's message. You can contact Reverend Hubert on 030-340-7970 or 024-33-11201. Remain blessed.